Good evening and welcome to the next edition of the Orion Report. Tonight's episode is Monologue 9 and Monologue 10. Monologue 9, Fate of the Dispossessed. I am the birth of the word. The universe was born, transuniversal substance, the creative energies of the one invading the nothing, as if to fertilize a dark womb. Around particles of undifferentiated spirit, substance gathered. Stars and worlds beyond number, ever born and dying, you are a myon housed in a soul, the soul growing in a brain and body, a form. You will continue to evolve and change until your form dies and your maw detaches from the body and goes to its master. A realm made of thoughts, will, beliefs, words and ideas that has taken on a life of its own. But also a realm of spirits, gathered together and manifesting a common shared vision. The spirits have individual names, but they also have a group name. These realms, these beings, exist in a place, a level of reality, that is all around you, but separate, as if partitioned behind the curtain of the stage where the play is going on. You, as a soul, will be met by like-minded individuals, birds of your feather, for better or worse, and guided through a process that is gentle or cruel. Kinder abodes welcome you kindly, grant a time of respite, healing, subtle but persistent re-education, as well as purpose and belonging. Savage holes, gently lured, bitterly initiated, it's all the same outcome. Either way, coerced or torn down, your essence will be freed from your identity and the identity fades or it rots away. Through vast measures of time, you have already come, clawing your way painstakingly up the ladder. Maybe a boost here or there along the way. Yet, if you're reading this, you are still here. Again. How many times is that now? You will never remember. Delve deep, read and research. Glimpses have been given, clues, but never the whole story. For faith is part of the reason. Dying on that operating table, or in your bed, or amidst the wreckage, or on a foreign field of battle, a fairly decent sort, the tiniest flicker of a spiritual hope, and the tunnel appears, a light toward which you ascend, a kindly realm, kindly met, sweetly cared for and debriefed. Still, at some point you will be convinced that eight billion humans aren't enough. They need you. You're so very important to the future. Lessons yet to be learned. Peer pressure works as well, if they really are your relatives at all in that nice place. We are all going. It won't be the same without you. You agree, or eventually you simply wake up by being smacked on the ass by a natal nurse. As you descend the very tunnel you rose through, so all that you are is fading, being stripped away, your memories clouding over. Some pieces may linger, bits of the previous identity, for a while, but eventually they are recorded over and the new soul paves over the old. The memories, 
they remain in that place you just left, which is a group of spirits and a single being. And that being is enriched, nourished, and the collective receives some watery soup, ambrosia of the gods. That being that just absorbed everything you were, filed it, it has many names throughout human history in many times and nations. Still, it was one of the kinder lords of the world. You will live your new life, for better or worse, guided by a basic pattern of selfhood, the spirit within you, which will carry you along a generally similar path, or at least to the same general outcome. You belong to a specific master the day you're born, after all. And that master does not want you to stray from its herd, and will go to lengths to ensure that you do not. Indeed, before you came down, they helped you plan out your entire life, and kept editing whatever you planned, always with sound reasons why, until it really wasn't your plan at all, but merely one that they convinced you to accept, they slash it. So here you are, reading this book, thinking it's insane, too confusing, badly written, or just plain nonsense. You continue to be what you've been, and someday you die. Toward that light you go, familiar faces from the life now, kindly guides, maybe angelic-looking beings, or a messiah figure. You are happy to see everyone again from this life. Vague memories of others, perhaps. There is a place you can go and watch the old home movies of a life you have no real memory of and no feeling of connection with, way back when. But that person is a memory now, at best. Most people there don't want to come back here. Constant daytime, always summer, bland meals, sensual pleasure kept at a minimum. All entertainment is intellectual and elevated erudite. Work and community, sameness, the world is moving on. The indoctrination, the peer pressure, you will go back again and again and again. Eventually, the earth, like all mortal forms, will end. Humanity's time concluded. When earth and sky are burnt away, when the seas are dried to dust and all souls are gathered to their gods, natural, astral, or sublime, the powers themselves will be shaken and thrown down, Isaiah 24:21, Matthew 24:29-30. There will be no more reincarnation and no more pretense. There will only be the wastes and the void. The stars, they may beckon then, or a door into the infinite made manifest. But the vain masters are addicts and fear or detest submission to something greater. Maybe they've hit rock bottom. The search begins for a new home, a new feeding ground, and you, you're a memory. All souls absorbed into the unity of one entity, whose only purpose is to find more souls to suckle and devour. Ascendance or transcendence, only those that belong to the Eternal One will outlive the world and the universe. Freedom from the prison ranch is all about the master you choose, the spirit you give allegiance to. The material lights will fizzle away in this infinite mansion of limited space-time consciousness, and Mother Void will be restored to her slumbering rest. 
the peace of stillness and silence reset. Mother Void is a reference to the ancient Sumerian myth about Tiamat, the queen of the primordial chaos, associated with the raging depths of the sea and oceans, salt water. Yet in this writing, it refers to the great expanse of darkness that separate both stars and galaxies from one another, and the force of entropy at work throughout the universe. The light of the stars drives back the darkness, but some spirits grow so tired of ever seeking new forms, of reincarnating, and of life itself, that they seek out the darkness and settle into it, becoming like unto it. Many are they who kill themselves wanting oblivion. The limitless living light forever shines beyond the pit of night, and for them that have become, who are real and true, a place prepared within the infinite infinities of the monad pleroma. Monad means the one. The pleroma means fullness or all. The Supreme Being is not the impersonal, as so many assert, but quite the contrary, the all-personal. Our universe is but one of infinite numbers of universes, and within these, infinite worlds to see and experience. Kingdoms and crowns await the faithful and the true, or the peace of oneness within the infinite living one, if you so choose. Sheep and goats live on farms, rams climb the mountain and rise above. Angels fly beyond the sky. Monologue 10 Abaddon's Shadow Many men and women are tolerant of outright evil, and remorse is absent, unless caught and punished. In remorse for being caught, there is no true repentance. Now are increasing lawlessness and immorality in the world. And so the spirits of lawlessness and sensualism grow stronger as conscience is decreased. And as the spirit of morality and lawfulness is diminished. A great war will unleash those who are locked in the pit of gloom and the wrath of the wickedness is rising already. In the very emergence of the cults of unlife and the impulse toward cruel and totalitarian tyranny, there is a foretelling of what is now gaining power over man. A dark entity is walking among you, and it shall consume warmongers and whores without distinction. Babylon is transfigured and becomes the beast. It calls all souls and spirits to annihilation and rages against all religions save the faiths of nothingness and the sects of self-worship. It is the killer of gods, the eater of light, the devourer of both soul and spirit, who is indeed unlife and unholiness. She holds in one hand the whore of Babylon and in other the beast for both serve the ultimate cause of nullification. The shadow of God, the ancient creature that dwells in the empty darkness, which fills all things before the invasion of light, life, love, and law. Abaddon, Apollyon, Araman, Tiamat, Yam, Typhon, Set, Moloch, Belial, and Leviathan, 
the great adversary who hates the bringers of noise and disturbance, and manipulates all consciousness away from the light toward the extinguishing thereof. Mentioned in the book of Revelation, Abaddon is called the king of the abyss, and is also called Apollyon. It reflects the pre-creation state of existence and the cosmic urge to return to stasis and stillness. Set was the god of darkness and evil in ancient Egypt. Eremon is the dark spirit of Zoroastrianism. Typhon was a great demonic entity that arose from the abyss beneath the earth in Greek-Roman mythology to oppose Zeus. Yam is an ancient Canaanite sea monster of sterility and chaos, defeated by the deity Hadad. Tiamat was the ancient Sumerian Babylonian mother of chaos, queen of the primordial powers, overthrown by Marduk and or Enki, who then used her corpse to create the material universe. Leviathan is mentioned in the Bible and in Jewish myth represents the force of death and chaos, tamed and brought to heal by Yahweh, the Jewish God. Satan, of course, known as Iblis in Islam, is called the great dragon in the Revelation of John. These names, according to the messages given by the Spirit, are all references to the same entity. You are a fool if you worship that which yearns only to snuff out your heart and mind while using you to promote and further its will and purposes. With a siren's call, it lures you toward the boundless lake of oblivion, the icy black fires of soul annihilation. In the absence of conscience is the absence of Emmanuel, and in the decrease of conscience is the increase in Abaddon's shadow. Isaiah 6, 1-5, Isaiah 6, 10, Isaiah 7, 14, Isaiah 8, 7-10, Isaiah 9, 1-2, Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 11, 1, Isaiah 11, 2, Isaiah 28, 16, Isaiah 29, 18, Isaiah 40, 3-5, Isaiah 42, 1-4, Isaiah 50, 6-7, Isaiah 53, 1-12, Isaiah 55, 3, Matthew 1, 22 through 23, Genesis 28, 15, Exodus 33, 14, Numbers 14, 9, 2 Chronicles 13, 12, Psalms 46, 7, Haggai 2, 4, Revelation 21, 3, Leviticus 26, 11 through 12, Emmanuel, God with us, or God within us, a Jewish and Christian name for the Messiah, and used in this revelatory teaching to represent the Lamb with seven eyes, seven horns, seven spirits, from Revelation 5, a single being in which the seven archangelic overseers of our solar system are united. This is the cosmic Christ, or universal Messiah, who brings all things to the feet of the Father, slash one. 1 Corinthians 15, 24-28. In this revelation, Jesus slash Yeshua, used interchangeably, is regarded as the primary human manifestation slash incarnation and representation of cosmic Emmanuel among humans. 
in other terms, the primary human face of the One. I would also point out a hidden meaning of our time. I'm Anu-El. No unconscious universe, demiurge, is immortal. No world stands forever within it, and no soul or spirit that remains within the universe can escape the second permanent death. The second death, Revelation 2.11, Revelation 26 and 14, Revelation 21.8. In terms of this revealing reincarnation, which effectively kills or erases the soul identity and robs the spirit of its shell. Passage into the limitless living light, the realm of the One, is the only escape, and Emmanuel is the doorway to the eternal. Entropy and death are increasing, and will overcome the earth in destined season. It is absolutely inevitable. Any warning I give in this regard is made without threat, but rather as a mere statement of facts. You will defer and think, not in my lifetime, yet you are going nowhere but the earth or sky. Back to the flesh in a short measure of time. The essence of what you are will return again. The only part of you that will survive, apart from transcendence into the spirit life. So, whatever year in which all things end, you will be right where you are, and annihilation will nip at your heels as you flee into the void from Abaddon's hour only to become the traveling basket of rations for your collective false gods. The sky will burn away. The final ending, 2 Peter 3, 10-13. And with it, every sanctuary of dreams, a rude awakening will overtake, and the inhabitants of the earth will scream as in one voice of collective realization, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew 8, 12, Matthew 13, 42. Matthew 13:50, Matthew 22:13, Matthew 24:51, Matthew 25:30, Luke 13:28. The world will be left an ashen cinder and only the mental realms beneath, still firmly anchored to the rock, will remain, crowded with minds with no bodies by which they might return. Every vanity shall be shaken and every star, spirit lord, shall fall. The princes of the world and of the elements shall gobble up their children like ancient Kronos, and none shall escape the feast of psychic, spiritual, astral scavengers. Kronos, Kronos slash time slash Saturn, in Greek-Roman mythology represents the leader of the Titans, the ancient primordial powers of the elements, who was overthrown by the gods. He had a habit of eating his children, the gods, this is used by the spirit to illustrate the fate of the spirits that continue to follow the false gods even unto the end of the world. As Kronos ate his children, so the gods eat the souls of mankind, and will eat the spirits of mankind in the end of days. Eating is a term the spirit uses to refer to energy beings taking the energy of other spirits, taking their memories and their essence into themselves as if food. This is used as a metaphor. The spirit also uses Uranus, Ur's Anu, as an illustration of the supreme being seeking to maintain oneness and unity with itself. Then shall the princes of astral Babylon, Jude 1.13, Revelation 
seek new worlds to feed their vampiric hunger for souls, more puppets to plant, grow, and harvest. Yet none can flee forever. Minds are easily broken, the will to live on and on fades to nothing, and annihilation ever seeks new prey. In the course of eons, the stars cease to give light. All grows cold and stillness reigns supreme. Absolute darkness is all that shall remain. That's it for tonight. I know it's kind of grim, but truth is truth, and there is more light to be revealed in further readings. Until the next time, God bless you.